We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Talking Yang after week four of the NFL. We got one game left. Chris Liss and I are going to break down everything that's happened. Or maybe not. We'll just break down what we want to talk about. We'll talk about uh, is Ryan Fitzpatrick the new Billy Volick? Talk about Leonard Fournette and what a disaster he's been. Uh, and a lot of other Yang. Chris, what's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm good. You know, I'm kind of fascinated by this uh, extra playoff game in baseball because I, I'm probably not going to win or whatever. But if like Walker Bueller gets a win, I, I didn't realize he was starting. That's another 125 bucks for me. Uh, in the NFBC, uh, there's some miracle scenarios by which I could uh, get 1600 bucks. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just fun to speculate now that I've already, you know, got knocked out of the money. Now getting back into it, just the possibility makes this game fun. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a good weekend until the very end. I Leonard Fournette just, that really just, that was just a terrible, you know, he waited so long and then he just got hurt again. And then, and then on top of that, then the Browns just choked away the cover so badly. So, it's unfortunate, you know, Fournette, he's kind of in the Byron Buxton, Devontae Parker boat. Like, when is this going to get better? And, you know, it's, man, you know, when these guys get these, you know, seemingly minor hamstring tweaks, it could, it could be half the year. Right. Before we go any further, I was remiss in mentioning uh, the Talking Podcast is sponsored by FantasyDraft.com. Thank you, Fantasy Draft. Uh, if you're looking for an alternative to the uh, big DFS sites, Fantasy Draft is you know got a lot of cool things. One thing I like about them is no rake on the head-to-head contests. I like playing head-to-head, so that's one thing uh, you know I'm going to take advantage of. I think a lot more. Uh, but we do appreciate uh, their sponsorship. Uh, yeah, Fournette, definite. I, he's been bigger problem than David Johnson to me, uh, just because he just now. I mean, this is twice he's gotten pulled from games. You just don't know if you can you know, safely start him. And the, the prognosis on him this time is uncertain when he's going to return. And, of course, it's got to be. You know, after this, the Jags pretty much have to kind of 
almost shut him down for a couple of weeks. Yeah, the MRI said it, nothing got worse than before, but you know, the MRI is like, it, it's I don't know. I, I just don't trust him now, and I, I regret drafting him. I, I just it was so funny in Stopa. I didn't target either one of these guys, Le'Veon Bell and Fournette. They're both just totally agnostic. Hey, forty nine Bell. Oh wow, it stopped. That's crazy. Gurley went all the way to fifty five, and then Fournette I got for thirty eight, and then by late August Fournette would have gone for like forty five, forty eight maybe because. You know, he was like rising up boards in the NFFC, but it's like, yeah, that ankle injury was a while ago. You know, I mean, he's he's totally healthy now. There's no red flags coming into the this year, and then just, ugh, just terrible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely terrible. And you know, the thing is, we're now a third, like about about a quarter of the way into our season, and regular season wise, almost a third of the way. Like if you're in the NFFC and you're dealing with this nightmare, and it will it'll be. You know, bigger chunk into the season, even by the time he, you can safely put him in there. I mean, it, it's really going to be a, a big hassle to try to in a mountain to climb to come back. And the thing is, too, like for one week, Corey Grant was a better alternative than the last two. It's been TJ Yeldon, and you couldn't even have used Yeldon last week unless you're in a you were in a desperate situation there. Where like you're okay. Well, I can't. I don't know if I can start Brita or Carson. I'll go ahead and start Yeldon now. Maybe that was your your path to being lucky to use him, but because Yeldon was early and the other guys were late too, which made it even more difficult. Uh, yeah, but this week, you know, Yeldon's got to be a pretty popular guy again. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't care about their stupid replacements. You know, when you have Fournette, it doesn't mean you have the replacement. You know, like, right. I don't even like, yeah, so one of the two guys will do well, probably. Yeldon got a pretty big workload when Fournette went down. It's just, Fournette and the NFFC, I mean, obviously it's terrible to lose your first round pick, but at least you have a 10 man bench where you just leave them alone and move on. But, like the Stopa League, I guess it's really it's getting tight, man. You know, I, I don't I can barely hold on to the guy. And you hate to sell him for like fifty cents on the dollar, right? I mean, who would you even trade him for? I mean, you could trade him for like what? Like I don't even I don't think the Adrian Peterson owner takes him. I don't think the you have to go pretty far down. You're probably not trading you're probably not even getting another running back in return. You're probably getting another position, unless it's like some sort of two for two. Well, no, I mean, you know, someone may have a surplus and just want to wait around until Fournette gets healthy, you know, so someone may give you like, oh, I got Tariq Cohen and a full PPR. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give him to you for Fournette. You know, that might be his fourth running back. So he may just be like, yeah, I can wait see, just in case Fournette comes back a hundred percent. But that's not, you know, if you're a Fournette owner, you can't, you can't be settling for that. <laughs> you, yeah. It's just, you probably don't, it's, it's not good enough. So I just, I don't see how you trade him. I, I just think you're stuck. Yeah. But in the Stopa league, I probably should have traded. I probably should trade him. Well, yeah, uh, you should have done what I did. Uh, I neglected to do last week. I could have uh, traded away. Uh, I could have traded uh, away Mark Ingram for Amari Cooper. I turned it down. Amari Cooper and Oh God! It was there was an there was an and in there, but it, I don't think it was great. But it was someone that was quasi usable for a week or two. Uh, but you know, it was tough. I, you know, Barron's offered me a fair trade, turned it down partially because I didn't want to deal with another nightmare. I thought Aunt Mari Cooper was a nightmare. Turns out, oh well, maybe not. Oh, it was Jordan Wilkins who was the throw-in on that. That's uh, he that wasn't even usable. Worth, I lied. Talk about worthless. Um, yeah, I yeah uh, Cooper. I mean, you don't know that that was a good deal though. I mean, Cooper for Ingram might still be on the table. Actually, I bet you yeah. can still do it if you really want. I bet I could, I, and I bet I probably still don't want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't say you regret something that you can still do and you're not doing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just, yeah, it's just really frustrating. Uh, but I get Ingram back this week. I've got the two New England backs, too. 
Sony Michelle, man, he's going to get plenty of volume. I, I'm pretty happy about this pick after all. And, you know, well, it wasn't a pick. It was a buy. A buy. It was a very agnostic buy. And then I added James White super late. Uh, you know, if Gronk has to miss time, somebody's got to get these targets. I know Element comes back. That might take away from James White. Uh, in fact, it will. I, I looked at, you know, if you look at, like, his record with Edelman and without Edelman, it's a pretty significant difference in number of targets and all that. Uh, but, yeah, these are the two guys now for New England. Uh, and it's nice to have that sort of definition. Yeah, it's funny. I, I dropped Edelman last week and then went all in to get him back. And this is, seems like pretty good timing with Gronk banged up. Now, Gronk may still play Thursday. He just didn't practice today. So it's not we don't know that he's, you know, that it's serious or anything like that. And the fact they said it probably wasn't serious. But you never know. I mean, they didn't. They said Fournette wasn't serious either when it, when it happened. Right. And, you know, I, I thought, okay, I, I was cautious this time. I didn't move Fournette back up into my rankings until he practiced, until everything was positive about him. Okay, now I'll put him back in there. And then I was stupid. I used him in DFS too. But uh, that that's my own darn fault. Uh, I, I know better. But I, mean, I hate taking guys in their first week back from an injury just for that reason. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, an injured player that you can't cut and that you really can't trade for any viable amount that would be worth trading is a cancer on your team. Yeah. I mean, it's really, you know, in the Stopa League, you know, I've got, you know, it's funny. I finally get Winston back and he's on bye this week. Of course. Isn't he? Yeah. The Bucks yep, are on the bye. Bucks are one of so, two teams. So on of course he's on bye. Like I'm desperate for points and a win. Of course. I mean, obviously everyone has a bye at some point, but that just sucks. Right. So he's on bye. And then I got Bell and Fournette. I can't use them. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? you know, I can't cut any of these guys. So Olsen's probably not coming back at tight end. You know, I've got so little to work with, so little uh, leeway. Oh, and I got the Bears defense on by, and I can't drop them. That's the only good thing I do is pick them up. Oh, it's the Bears, too. I, I knew the Bucks were off. I didn't, and I, can, I could easily look this up while we're talking. But, yeah, that's funny. They played each other, and now they're on by, too, together. But. Yep. Uh, I wonder if that's kind of a thing. Uh, they normally tie up the the uh, buy schedule like that a little bit. They're teams that have just recently played each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're what they're. I don't. It's just a it's a random idle thought. It's not even a, a actionable thought at all. But it is just two teams again this week: Bears and the Bucks. Uh, there will be, as you alluded to, though, a new quarterback, Jameis Winston, will be the starter for the Bucks going forward when they come back in Week Six. So basically, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a rich man's Billy Volek. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, you know, he's done more in his career than Volek ever did. Volek's one of the eight other quarterbacks that's ever had two back-to-back 400-yard games. Fitzpatrick's right. the only one in history with three, but Volek was on the list. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this everyone knew this wasn't real, and they, Tampa does have good weapons and a bad defense, and I think Winston's going to be good. Winston was good in the second half last year. Got like eight point something YPA in the second half. He was still the first overall pick a few years ago, and he, and he's not a bust. You know, I mean, there's guys who, after a few years, like God, this guy's a disaster. You know, Jamarcus Russell, Christian Ponder, these guys. But I mean, Winston's not even near in that ter- territory, and he hasn't played with great coaching staff. Not that his coaching staff's great now, but you know, he may end up being very good. And the other thing about Winston is he was obviously a knucklehead off the field, which probably translates to on the field. And maybe he's matured too. You know, he's a, he didn't really complain there. He didn't really make a big distraction of it when Fitzpatrick was named the starter, even though he was no longer suspended. He never heard a peep from him. He did, you know I mean? That's actually kind of not reported. Like a lot of times in a situation like that, the guy would be pissed. You know, you, you didn't hear one thing about it. And you know, the media loves that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Sometimes these guys mature, and 
he's certainly in the situation where he can go nuts. He's lucky not to be in jail. Uh, but yeah, besides, but you know, hey, that is, yeah, I, I heard a lot of good quotes from him too, and you know, he liked the way he played in the preseason. Looking at strictly from a uh, just football standpoint, no yeah, sort not, of, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not, it is what it is, but yeah. he's. You know, yeah, looking at it from that standpoint, I mean, he's he's a valuable property going forward. I I know the Bucks, you know, crapped the bed yesterday against the Bears, but you know, they this was a team that's re- was really cr- uh, cranking, and they've got a lot of uh, they got a lot of reasons to you know a lot of weapons to work with. Uh, they get the Falcons when they come on, you know, Falcons, Browns, Bengals right after they come after their bye. That that's a pretty good trio. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Dodgers just went ahead, by the way, against the Rockies. For those of you who are listening live to this podcast, which means none of you, but uh, Cody Bellinger <laughs> just went deep. Real-time updates. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, he went deep off of Herman. Uh, Mark. Uh, uh, Cody Bellinger did. And he was like uh, one for 16 in his queen. career uh, off of uh, Marquez, which is a crazy thing. Marquez has seven Ks already in this one. They're in the fourth inning. Uh, Walker Bueller is just filthy, by the way. Just filthy. That's who I need to get a win. He needs yeah. to get me a win. That would be big. Just go one more inning because, you know, they sometimes – I just see Grandal just struck out before that home run. Yeah, I need uh, I need Grandal or Puig to go deep. I could use a win. The miracle would be if the Dodgers got up like seven nothing and they pulled Bueller, and then my Rocky hitters went crazy. <laughs> I'm asking for a lot, basically. Yeah, basically, that's all right. It's fine. Uh, why not? You know, ask for you got to ask for it, and maybe you'll get it. Who knows? So what else? What else is up? What else are we uh, covering here? Oh, well, there's a lot of stuff to cover here. I mean, I, I am pretty enthusiastic about the Bengals' offense, even though they lost uh, Tyler Eifert. And I, I look at the Bengals' schedule. It's pretty pretty friendly going forward. Uh, I like how, uh, you know, year t- you know they got the full, like, offense with the, uh, with the coordinator in this year as opposed to changing in midseason. It seems like it's just a different team. Andy Dalton looks pretty good. The offensive line is passable, at least. Not great. Uh, they just got to stay healthy. Yeah, it's funny how year to year, look at the Ravens. They're a whole new team. The Bengals look like such a different team. I wish the Giants looked like a different team, but unfortunately they look like last year's Giants. Yeah, they do. But it's just, you know, things can change so rapidly. It's the same players like Flacco. Like Flacco was in Eli Manning territory. It was like, you can't roster Flacco. Who would ever draft Flacco? Now Flacco gets... 350 yards a game. John Brown's running deep routes. They're throwing bombs to him. I mean, it's like a dynamic offense all of a sudden. And the Bengals is you know similar. Obviously, AJ Green and Dalton always had that, but Eifert was a part of it. But they still have, you know, I mean, they they still have some depth. It's kind of sad that John Ross hurt himself on the touchdown because yeah. if Boyd is having a real breakout, which he may be, and then if John Ross got involved, then you'd have like a really diverse offense. I mean, both Ross and Eifert, two most fragile players on the planet. And, you know, they're, they're still fine, but it would be really, you know, Mixon, those three. I mean, there's three guys that basically are hurt for them now. Yeah, Mixon, uh, Marvin Lewis was cryptic about his, uh, uh, Mixon's availability this week. Of course he was. And I don't expect anybody on Monday to kind of declare it after a guy's been out the last two weeks. But he goes, an emphatic, we'll see. He was, like, joking about his own unwillingness to, just, to state anything at a press conference is kind of annoying you know oh you're so funny but uh you know it looks like he's not going to be uh you know we're not going to know much about him until later this week but I, you know once they get him back that could be pretty huge uh it just they they're going to have a whole lot more uh you know flexibility to do what they can do on offense running between the tackles Gio Bernard did his job they get the home game against miami this week and miami's just yeah the worst three and one team i've ever seen 
Well, not probably not ever seen. That's that's overstating the case. But uh, you know, they really just completely no showed against the Pats. Yeah, but it's funny though because before that, you know, they'd beaten the three teams they played. The Titans actually look like they're decent, although yeah. they got, I think they got the Gabbert Titans during one of those games. So that doesn't really count or half the game. And that was a that weird was a seven-hour game. Uh, there, there was like this horrible holding call on Delaney Walker that took uh, called back a d- big long Derrick Henry run for a touchdown. Uh, you know, you almost it was like one of those where you could completely write it off and you're like, yeah, whatever. They 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 lost a close game on the road. So yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they suck too, but we'll see. I already, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to influence you, but I already started looking at the schedule and made my lines for the games. And yeah. I'll say that the line is not as big as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and well, that, I. So uh, here, I'll, I'll tell you my guess, um, and then you can tell me how far I'm off. Okay, uh, I'm going to say Bengals by five and a half. Okay. I think it, I, I'm not looking at the line. I didn't write it down. I'm going to write it down tomorrow when I get my official ones or Wednesday. But I said seven and a half was my line. Um, I thought it might be eight, and I think it's like six, six and a half, something so, like that. So the reason why I was conservative is the Bengals' defense still has a lot of questions to answer. Uh, they get uh, perfect back this week, which is probably pretty big because uh, it improves their linebacking core, which is the worst part of their defense. They also, they lost Eifert. They may be without Ross. Uh, even Tyler Boyd kind of was a little banged up at the very end of the game. And I, I haven't seen any other follow-ups on that to see if there's anything else to it. But, you know, all of a sudden they got a lot of injuries too. And so they could be digging a little bit deeper. Now, I don't think like m- missing John Ross, for instance, moves the needle all that much, except it's that proverbial deep guy that kind of takes the pressure off of everyone else. Yeah, uh, but you can't be ducked for something you never had. Right. right? Like it's, right, he's, right. He's, he's never done anything for them until that one touchdown. And so you can't be like, Oh, they're worse than we thought without him. I, I don't know. Maybe I went a little crazy on it. I just, you know, and again, you don't want to be, uh, swayed too much by recency bias. Oh, the dolphins look terrible last week. Let's bet against them. Usually you should bet for that team, bet on that team mm-hmm. because the line overcorrects, but I don't know, man. The Bengals are a good team. They, their defense isn't bad, even though the, they do have a hole at that one area. And um, their offense is good. And the Dolphins, like, they just kind of suck. I don't, I don't know if they're good at anything. Yeah, I, mean, I really thought that they, are, they were pretty good at passing. And I thought their defense was passable. Uh, but Tannehill has a miserable game against the Pats. Uh, and, you know, Brady lit, not that Brady lighting up a defense is something that is a rarity, but it is kind of rare this year. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I was really disappointed in just a complete utter no show. I mean, I thought that the Pats would cover. I didn't think it would be like such a blitz, uh, but you never know. I mean, um, another guy I wanted to talk about. We talked a little bit on the XM show today was Aaron Jones, and we talked about this with Greg Ambrosius. How come on, give this guy more carries? But you know, I'm encouraged still. He he produced. He scored. He got you know he he ran well on the, the carries he got. I think. Even Mike McCarthy can't be so obtuse to not notice that. But that's not true because somebody just tweeted out that he's happy with the rotation. Again, he said that this week too? Yeah, after the game, yeah. He said he was going to keep – I mean, now what he says and what he does, you know, a lot of times coaches will say, yeah, as I said, I'm happy with the rotation. And then they'll give Aaron Jones 20 carries and be like, as I said, I was happy with Aaron Jones and the rotation that we have. Yeah. (laughs) They just act like, as I was saying all along, you know, and and that's just – I, and Mike McCarthy, I would totally not put that past him. So I, I don't know what it means, but never admit he's wrong. And then if he has to change because he wants to win the game, he'll just act like, yeah, the plan was to gradually get there or 
basically what he was saying is there's a rotation of some sort or whatever. Yeah, it's the classic, uh, you know, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. You get about into arguments that. with people like that. They just change the whole thing on you and you can't even, you're like, I don't okay, know anybody like that. No. Yes. Yes. I'm not referring to you this time, actually. So there's that. But no. Uh, no, I mean, just go on Twitter, and you can see that all the time. Oh, so bad. Victory Lap Monday is one of the worst days on Twitter ever, unless it's any sort of political issue. But we, I got those people on mute. I don't, you know, I never see it. Nobody I follow does that. A couple people, I don't know, I don't want to get too into it, but there's one guy, and, and I should probably shouldn't even follow him. I don't even know him really that well at all. But he he was doing that thing again, like talking about how, um, the, the fans of the, the teams that, you know, that he had bet against, you know, they'd gotten a reprieve against the Vikings with the bills and against the, and he's talking about the Patriots and, and dolphins, you know, the dolphins fans were, were getting on him for picking the Patriots and now they're pretty quiet or something. And I'm thinking like, Ugh. you know, just, Oh, I'm owning the idiots. You know, I'm owning the, the, the homers. Look at me own the homers again. It's kind of like, come on, man, this, that's just, you, the lone voice of reason like in the wilderness. Liar, oh, you're so bright. You're so brave. Own, yeah, yeah, own someone. Own someone smart. Own somebody who has a good argument you disagree with, or don't own them. Just engage with them. You know, it's exactly. Just, so it's so easy to like just, you know, to just sort of point out like the obvious, and you're like, yeah, you know, I took the introductory course to this. I understand variance. I understand by whatever. Just the most basic stuff. It's like, dude, aim higher. You know, give me something that is not obvious. Right, exactly. Um, before we go any further, let's talk about our new sponsor, FantasyDraft.com. Uh, they feature lower rake. You can play rake free or for half the rake of the competition in their head-to-head contests. Uh, and I, I have experienced this before. I did this with baseball a little bit too. Uh, and I think I'm going to you know merge a little over on the football side of things too. You can move more of your entry fees. Go toward the payout zone uh, with Fantasy Draft. It's player friendly. They're, they're, remember, uh, they uh, stepped in uh, when um, who's the company that went out of business suddenly after uh, Fancy Aces and Fancy Draft kind of made whole all the players on Aces. So, I, you know, I've always been kind of grateful for them. You know, I, I when you know because it's good for the industry. When are oh, you had so, money that was coming to you? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, not as much as I did like in poker. Like Poker Stars totally stepped up after uh, Black Friday, for instance. So, uh, but I've kind of viewed Fancy Draft. I'm in glad the you got that of, fifty bucks back, Jeff. I'm huge. Very happy and uh, and it was a lot more in a and the uh, actually it was more pretty much more on both both sides. But anyhow. Uh, they have an iOS highly rated iOS app and uh, the best in class customer support. Uh, flexible lineup construction. It's easier to draft more of your favorite players on Fantasy Draft. It's the best head to head in daily fantasy. So thank you to our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Uh, looking ahead, okay, let's start moving ahead here because we, we can review all we want. But I kind of like jumping right into looking ahead at some of these teams here. Uh, Baltimore, Cleveland. Usually you think of this game as, ugh, oh, boring, Baltimore, Cleveland, clouds, gray, dark. This is good. It's going to be a pretty fun game. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, Mayfield made some mistakes, but uh, I can't even talk about that game. It makes me so frustrated, but it's still a bright future. Uh, I cannot stand the coaching staff of the Browns. It's just so annoying, but Mayfield's an exciting QB. He, I think he's really good. And uh, I don't know about the receivers after Landry, and Landry's not really a game breaker, so that's a little concerning. I don't think Callaway. I think Callaway's a little out to lunch. Maybe he's talented. Rashard Higgins isn't doing it for me. They don't seem to get Njoku involved, but still, just Mayfield himself makes it a, a credible team. 
And the Ravens, as I said, like they look like a whole different team. I mean, they have a good defense. Jimmy Smith's coming back. He's done with his suspension. And you got Flacco and John Brown hooking up. I mean, this is a – the Ravens are maybe a top four team in the NFL right now. I mean, I, I don't know on a neutral field that besides the Rams that I'm you know, going to really favor anybody that much over them. Maybe the you know Jaguars or Chiefs by a point, something like that, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm pretty you know, happy the, the Bengals have that win banked against them right now. That, yeah. Now, getting them Patriots, when we did was a nice circumstance. You know, Saints maybe, I don't know. But you know, they're right there after, after the Rams. So I think they're a really good team, and they're going to be a contender. Yeah, and you know, over the years, they've been a very well-run franchise. It's just the last two years kind of cloud our memory of that sometimes. But the, the Ozzie Newsome-Harbaugh uh, com- combo has worked really well for them over the years. So you know, both of those guys, I guess, theoretically were on some thin ice. Ozzie Newsome stepping down after this year, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So this is kind of his uh, last hurrah, and so far it looks pretty good. Uh, now, you say you hate the uh, Cleveland coaching staff. Is this, uh, is this Haley, or is it Greg Williams, or Hugh Jackson, or is it all the above? I don't know if Haley's good or not. I don't know if Haley's good or not. I mean, Pittsburgh seems to miss him a little bit, but it might be Le'Veon Bell. might just be a combination of things. But yeah, Hugh Jackson, man, I, I can't even get through all the – I can't really – I can't even think about it. It was just such a – I had that just some backstory. I had that Browns game was my best bet, Browns plus two and a half, and I also had them in the Super Contest. And it just – it was just, it wasn't, it was just so many mistakes and so much disaster. And it was just, I kept thinking if, if, if you had any decent coach, if Gruden even was coaching the Browns, that would not have happened. It was just a total implosion to, yeah. to get to that point. And the refs chipped in too, but it's a total implosion and it's, it's unfortunate. And I mean, Hugh Jackson, he's won one game since for so long. I mean, he hasn't won and what what are they doing there? Are they are they trying? Do they think they weren't going to contend this year? I mean, they they bring in Tyrod Taylor for no reason. They, they got Nick Chubb getting three carries for a hundred yards, and yet Carlos Hyde's plodding along. Not that Carlos Hyde's that bad, but just come I was on. Just going to say Hyde isn't necessarily plodding. I think it's I think it's a lot like the Gordon Eckler situation. Gordon's been good, you know. It's just you know, especially because it seems like when he's in there, he he's got to deal with the bigger swarm of tacklers. Now, I mean, Chubb looked yeah, but, great on those two runs. I mean, those were awesome runs. Eckler's, don't get me wrong. But Eckler's a small guy. He's not an every-down guy, so that's yeah. a change of pace. I mean, Chubb is a feature back. So, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, signing Hyde, drafting Chubb, signing Taylor, drafting Mayfield. Like, what are you doing? I, I don't know what they're doing there. I mean, that's not Hugh Jackson. That's the GM. Yeah. But anyway. That matter, it, signing, it, re-signing Duke Johnson, too, and almost never using him. Yeah, and he's a good player, too, but it's just there's not – it's just incoherent. And so, I don't know. I, I just – you know, I hope I hope they get rid of them because I'd like to see Mayfield not tethered to a, a bad offense and a bad organization. I'd like to see you know, obviously you're not going to get Sean McVay, but just somebody good in there to really uh, blow the thing. You know, really get the thing going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I you know, we'll see. I mean, I yeah, I I thought the Browns had that one. They're up twenty eight fourteen, and the Raiders were out browning the Raider out browning the Browns. Uh, but then the Browns said, hey, not so fast. No, the no, veterans that wasn't even this? it. It wasn't just they were up to that. First of all, they never should have let them back in. It was like fumbles and total junk got yep. them back in. But then it was, they were up eight, okay, with like a couple minutes left. Yeah. And the Raiders had the ball at like the eight-yard line. They went four and out. And the Browns got the ball back, and they got the first down to seal the game. But for some reason, I, I didn't see the whole thing, but they challenged the spot, and they won the challenge, even though I'm not sure that was legit. But they moved it, and so they right. gave the – made it fourth down and then the Browns punted. They were like on their own 20 something. So they punted and the Raiders got the ball back and just marched down the field, got the touchdown on the two point conversion and went to overtime. And then in overtime, they actually 
held him to a field goal and they missed the field goal. So all the Browns had to do was get down and get a field goal. And they, they punted again on some, I don't remember, but it was just fucking terrible. It was just terrible. And a tie would have been fine because at yeah. least they would have covered. That's right. I had the Browns side of that truly, too. It was truly yeah. just, and, I, and it was like one in the morning and I want to go to sleep. And then overtimes, I got to watch this shit. It's truly, <laughs> uh, it was just, and you know, I was three and one on the, and the other loss was the giants, which they just sucked. That was just a loss. Was he, I'm not mad about that because they, I mean, I'm mad about it, but it's like, we just got it wrong. But this is different, you know. So we should have been four and one, and we would have been fourteen and six in the super contest. So we're thirteen and seven. We're obviously still alive, but you know, every these each of these wins is monumental. You know, it's like it's, it's like wins in fantasy baseball. Like you can't just give up a win. A win is a gigantic difference in the standings. Like if you're going for the overall and you, you know, your your pitcher, you know, the bullpen blew a win or something. It's it's terrible. Blew like a seven run lead or something. Right. And you know, you know what happened is you were so concerned with me jinxing your super contest pick on the Giants that ah. I ended up on the right side after all. Well, that was your only hope to get on the right side. And, and it I worked. You, and I was right. If you had switched it, it would have been the wrong side. Well, I had my first instinct was to go with the Saints. And then you were like, oh, that's a nullus monkey pick. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and and I was like, okay, you're making yeah. some sense here. Uh, although the blah, I blah, blah. I talked you into it, and then you were going to switch, and then you didn't, but you were wise. But had you switched, you would have blown it for both of us. Yeah, instead, just, instead you just blew it. Yeah, why would you want to get on a sinking ship? That's a good point, except you're, doing but I wish good, you had you're having a good year, though. To, but if you had switched, then I might have had to go on the Saints, and I wouldn't have lost that, uh, that pick. Yeah, well, maybe you should have uh, been careful about talking me out of it then. Yeah, anyway. You are it having a good year, is. though, right? You, what are you, 13 what? and 7 in Super Contest? What are you overall? 13 and 7 overall, yeah. yeah but what about on staff picks? Where are you? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even look. I'm probably like heading into tonight. There was one push, I think. So, like, because I think the Seahawks game was a push. Probably seven, seven and one, something like that. Eight, six and one. I got to look. Right. I haven't checked. I'm eight and f- eight, five and one this week. Um, you can't be eight, five and one with one game left, Jeff. Oh, you. Oh, you're right. You can because yes, I can. The bye week team. Yes. You're right. Uh, yeah, just just two teams on bye, so 15 games this week. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. So I can't be seven, seven and one. I, I'm probably seven, six and one, but. Don't quote me on that. I'm yeah, exactly going to quote you on that. Uh, let's look at a couple other things here. Uh, I, how does Minnesota bounce back after just the, that steamrolling uh, their defense by the Rams? They go to Philly this week. Uh, another, uh, you know, Minnesota's got this kind of sneaky hard schedule. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're that good. I mean, I think the offense is pretty good, but the offensive line isn't very good, and the running game is kind of shot. So you've got Cousins kind of trying to put everybody on his back, but that's not a way to win games, just slinging it out. You know, it's kind of like the Ryan Fitzpatrick Bucks. It's not really the ideal way to play. And the defense is just a, a shell of its former self. It's just not, I mean, obviously the Rams can make anyone look bad, but the Bills scored zero against the Packers, and they scored 24 or 27 against the Vikings. So uh, I think they'll get a little better, but, yeah, going to Philly and Philly coming off a loss – and really needing to win themselves is not it's not going to be easy. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting game. The other interesting game is, and we'll see what happens first tonight, but we have ultimate offense versus ultimate defense, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I, I, I think I like Jacksonville in that game, but I want to see what Kansas City obviously does tonight before, you know, there'll be more information coming out about that. We'll see who's healthy and how they look. But it, it'll be a good test for both teams, and it's uh, it's a good matchup. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that 
Fournette, we'll see if he can play or not, but uh, at least it'll be the early game on Sunday, so we can swap swap out somebody for him if you do have him rolling. Uh, eight five and one, Jeff. Eight five. Oh, and so one. we're tied. Who do you have tonight? You have the Chefs. I I have the Broncos. I have the Broncos too, so we'll tie. Okay. Um, Pino is kicking our butt this uh, so far this season, but I think he had a tough week, so we might be able to make a, up some ground on him. I'm only, I was only three games behind him. I was twenty eight and eighteen heading in. So that so is a good so. year. That's pretty good. Well, he's 31 and 15, which is ridiculous, but, you know. He was due to come back just a little bit, that's for sure. Well, we all are. I mean, you know, when you're at 60%, it's tough picking every single game. <laughs> I know. I know. You don't even get to pick your spots on that one there. Uh, he now is at 67 or 68% for the first two weeks, so three weeks. So he's definitely coming down to earth. Take it to the carnival game, Atlanta at Pittsburgh. Uh, Atlanta can't stop anybody right now. Pittsburgh's having a hard time stopping teams, too. Uh, this this could be a lot of fun. Although, as we talked about with the uh, on the show about the Pittsburgh uh, Baltimore game, is they're just off right now, and this was the first time it really showed that they missed Lev Bell. Yeah, I, I felt that. I, I thought that he was really missing from that game. That would have been a little bit of a different game if they could have just gotten more consistent early down production. They could have you know really used him out of the backfield. I mean, Connor's fine. He's just not a natural receiver. He'll catch the ball, run pretty decently with it. Bell is like so smooth though, out of the backfield, both running and receiving. I, I something's a little wrong with Pittsburgh. Their defense is kind of just mediocre at best, and uh, the offense. You know, Vance McDonald looks like maybe he's going to emerge as the number three guy, but James Washington really hasn't emerged. They they were thrown to uh, that little guy Ryan Switzer. They yeah, were throwing to him all the bit. little yeah. He's getting the Lev Bell targets is what's yeah. happening. But, you know, he, he doesn't go anywhere with them because he's, you know, he can't really run. He's so small, he can't break any tackles. So right. I just, I just, they're not really, Antonio Brown looks a little bit not quite himself. And for whatever reason, they don't get him involved. Like they finally got him involved in the second quarter. And he just started doing work right away. And you're like, yeah, where is this? You know, this guy's awesome. And then he had a drop and Smith Schuster's good. He's really good, but he had a drop and they're just, there's no rhythm to the offense where it's like just drive down the field the way that, you know, you look at the Rams when they drive down the field and they just, just unstoppable. And the Steelers had a little bit of that the last couple of years when everybody was together, the big three were together. And, uh, they just, they don't really have that. There's something a little herky jerky about them. They'll, they'll put up points, but a lot of times it's like against the chiefs. It's in like garbage time. It's, it's come from behind. They didn't do that. They weren't good, you know, in Cleveland. No, I kind of like them at home against a, a bad Falcons defense, but, I feel like the Falcons are sort of the more sound team right now. Yeah. James Conner, nine carries for 19 yards. His long carry was four yards. They only ran the ball 11 times. One of those was Ben for minus one. So I think that was a kneel down. So really only 10 times. Uh, Switzer getting the other one. They, they basically, you know, when you can't run at all, you just take that off the table. I mean, that, that you come a little, you know, as, as prolific as Ben can be. I mean, that's uh, that, that really is, uh, you make, you get so one dimensional. That's a problem. Yeah, you don't want to be one-dimensional against the Ravens. Maybe you can live with it against the Falcons, but really any team that doesn't have to put run-stopping personnel on the field really very often, that's a huge advantage because you have you know you have you know nickel as your base, dime defense as your base, and you just make it a lot harder for the QB to to find open guys. Yeah. Whereas if you have to stop the run because they can gas you with it, then your receivers can run free a lot more. So. You know, people say, "Oh, well, you know, why do teams run so much? It's it's not efficient. They should it should be a it's a passing league. It's a better play." But 
just like poker, it's like you don't just play aces and kings only. Right. You have to play some crap so that you actually make money when you play aces and kings. It's kind of the same thing. You know, and you know, you when your crap obs- hits, even better, too. Yeah. And sometimes that running game hits. And you right. work you and you hit grind a, them down play. and you make them. Yeah. And then yeah. they get the wrong personnel groups on the field trying to deal with that. It, it seems like, uh, you know, that's kind of like growing pains with a new uh, offensive coordinator, too, perhaps. Maybe they're a little bit more predictable than they were in the past. Uh, 5.8 yards per attempt for Ben last night. I mean, it, was, it was really bad. Yeah, it's a good team, but it's at home. And Ben is usually very good at home. So I'm, I'm a little bit uh, concerned. I mean, look, last year when they put, faced the Jaguars, they absolutely lit up the Jaguars. I mean, Ben, they lost the game because Bortles lit them up. But Ben threw some just absolutely amazing passes that game. It's the last game before the season. So they were there. They had everything going. And the difference is no Haley and no Bell so far. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Uh, and we're seeing that. No Martavis Bryant is the real key, though, Jeff. Yeah, of course. Of course. But they do have the third-round pick, so which was actually a good deal for them. I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, uh, considering that the Raiders released and then, you know, they, they did what you did. They did with Martavis Bryant is what you did uh, with Edelman, released yeah. and picked up. Although I don't think, yeah. they, you know, they didn't spend like all their to, I like to, to emulate the Raiders. That's, yeah. that's my... Uh, it's always a good play. They're my mentor. Yes, indeed. Uh, what do we make out of Mitch Trubisky going off against just, the Bucs? You see the new Mark Davis haircut I'm sporting now, too. It's, it's dope. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Cannot wait to see it. By the way, Max Muncy just homered. For those of you listening three hours after the game, uh, you, you're getting another big score update <laughs> there. 4 nothing Dodgers. Where were you when Max Muncy homered? You yeah. know, I hate the Dodgers, but if, has Bueller made it through five now? Yes, right? It's, yeah, they're in the bottom of the fifth. Ooh, that'd be, uh, 125 bucks would not be bad. That would not be bad. Now, watch that I'm not aware that Muncy's going to put someone else up one point and change the whole thing, and I end up losing the right, 125. Right. Fourth place is 250 bucks, and I was tied for fourth. And if I get a win, I think I get half a point more. So, I have uh, Marquez going, and he's got like eight strikeouts. And I was like, okay, I got a chance. If he gets a win, I got Hater at the stri- uh, uh, stroke out the side. I might, I got a save out of him. Yeah, this, this could be good. No, the eleventh place team got a win because he had Corey Knable going and got the win, which you know created like a four way tie in wins in this league. So I was like, okay, I didn't get any ground. All right, fine, I'm in second still fine i thought i had a chance to kind of like make some big ground up and yeah no not so much um support for this podcast comes from u.s bank when you're looking for a credit card get one that wins awards the u.s bank visa platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 best of awards winner for best zero percent intro apr and balance transfer credit card it provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Anyways, uh, Mitch Trubisky, six touchdown passes. What do we make out of this? Is this just a matchup-only thing, or is, he, did, did, is there like actual growth? What's going on? Well, it's so funny because I was in draft season. I was like, oh, this, all the ingredients are here. They get this new Chiefs you know, coaching tree, offensive coordinator. They've got Tariq Cohen. They bring in Allen Robinson. They bring in Trey Burton. This is going to be this is going to be amazing. Like this is you know this is a breakout guy. He wasn't even that bad under crappy John Fox. He certainly wasn't as bad under Fox as Jared Goff was under Jeff Fisher. 
his rookie year. And I'm like, this is going to blow up. And then I watched a few of the games because they had some, a couple of uh, standalone games for the Bears. And Trubisky just looked terrible. Like he just could not throw from the pocket. He just kept making bad decisions. And I was like, this guy sucks. What was I even thinking? And I saw part of the game. I didn't, I didn't watch it in detail the the Bucks um, Bears game, but you know, maybe it's just, you, you can't, as much as we want to snap call and just sort of, uh, you know, size up a quarterback right there and be like, he sucks or he's no good. Like the young quarterback, you just don't know. And so maybe, Maybe he was just having trouble not really knowing the it's a, it's a totally new system. Right. And maybe he just clicked in and he got it. And the defense sucks, so it helped. But I think it's going to be very interesting. They're off next week. And the week after that, they play. I think I looked it up and then I forgot. It's not, I don't think it's that easy of a matchup. But anyway, in a couple of weeks, we're going to see sort of what it all means. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, I can pull up their schedule while we're talking here about that. But yeah, I was kind of. Uh... I, 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 you know, obviously I was caught off guard by this one here. I, not that the, the buck sucking, it wasn't really something that I was caught off guard by. I didn't think Trubisky was capable of exploiting that. Next few games are, uh, they're off this week, obviously, then at Dolphins, home against the Patriots, home against the Jets uh, to finish off the month of October. Wait, they're at Dolphins? Is that their next game? Yeah, because they're off this week. Ooh, so, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good matchup. They're bringing, it's the Jay Cutler Revenge Bowl. Both teams yeah. want revenge against Jay Cutler. Yeah, they should bring out Jay Cutler for that. They should, like, sacrifice him at halftime. Hey, at, who knows where the Dolphins will be at at this point? I mean, they brought out Brock Weiler, so uh, um, yeah. you know, it could be that bad. Yeah, Brock Bottom. They reach Brock Bottom. Yes, there you go. I, I, I teed you up for Thank your you. horrible Thank pun. Thank you. <laughs> I've been needing to say that for a long time. Right. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, Tariq Cohen, I'd like to you know, he was not – really a guy you could start and all of a sudden he went off on everyone's bench i started him i started him this week who over who that that was the fsta league where my first three picks were beckham mike evans and ty hilton and then i took ingram in the fourth and Tariq cohen in the fifth oh so you really didn't have aaron jones in the eighth and and i I had no choice and i because ingram and aaron jones are my two best running backs and they were both suspended the first couple weeks i spent all my fab money on alfred morris i started alfred morris this week and ryan Tannehill in that league because i got garoppolo hurt Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to probably win unless. So you unless started Cohen over Jones, basically, was your choice. Yeah, and I Morris started Cohen over him. Jones. Oh, I mean, I should have started anybody over Morris. But yes, I, Morris was active and Jones is on my bench. But I had like Kittle and and Tariq Cohen, and my defense was the. I don't know, the Rams and it was Justin Tucker, my kicker, crushed it. So. That's enough, man. I just as long as Sammy Watkins doesn't go off tonight, I'm going to be three and one. So I, and then. I'm getting Ingram back next week. Everybody who did the the zero running back thing is very happy now. Yeah. I didn't even get the best. I mean, Beckham's been fine. Evans has been good. T.Y. Hilton's been fine. He's banged up for next week. But everybody, and I picked up John Brown too, but everybody who did the receiver thing is is super happy. Some guy on Twitter is really funny. He said when he picked Fournette over Michael Thomas, he just knew in his heart of hearts it was the wrong thing, but he did it anyway. And think about like how huge of a disparity that that is between those two guys. He said he destroyed his whole season, and right. he knew as he was doing it that Thomas was the pick. But he just did it because you know how it is when the ADP when Fournette's like getting picked seventh overall, and you we're all putting him in the that top tier. Where and it's just very hard to just resist that. Yeah, but what if you took McCaffrey in that spot? You'd feel pretty good about yourself right now. 
Uh, I wouldn't feel as good about it as, as having Michael Thomas, but yes. McCaffrey, what if you took Thomas Melvin Gordon in that spot? You'd feel pretty darn good about it. Gordon, yeah. McCaffrey, and Thomas are all very much in the same boat, whereas Fournette is in a yeah, sinking Fournette's ship in the disaster the boat. Yeah, he, He's like in the Titanic and, you know, at the bottom of the ocean. Right. He, he fails the boat test right now. But. Uh, he, fails, he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even <laughs> pass the boat test. But, yeah. he, wishes, he wishes he could even get on an airplane, but no. I mean, it's just such a disaster, man. I mean, is there? There's nobody who's more of a disaster. Kareem Hunt's been disappointing. David Johnson's been disappointing. But Kenyon Drake, guys, is, but he didn't pay as much, though. But oh, Kenyon Ken Drake's Drake been was a like disaster. a fourth round, fifth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he got pushed up to the third round by the end of draft season because everyone was so desperate to get right. running backs. Royce Freeman was getting to the second round at the end. Yeah, I, I might have had a no. I, I so I did the Collins. Royce Freeman three four turn thing uh, in one of mine. I was feeling pretty good about it at the time, eh, not so much anymore. Although I had I, I started off with Gurley and Tyreek Hill, so this was uh, NFFC. We'll see, we'll see about that. But Collins, that that's kind of a disaster now too, with him fumbling at the goal line. Uh, we'll see how that one plays out. But I got I don't it. think it's a disaster yet. I, I mean, there's no real evidence that it was a disaster. Like he he had a fumble, he had a pretty good game. And then he was used a little bit less late. He had like two but, carries after that. Well, how many did Allen have after that? I don't know. I mean, they had he only had eleven carries for the game, and one one target. That's I, I think it's still fifty fifty with Allen getting two thirds of the goal line. You just it's one more fumble. You you get one, and that's it. I said on the show, and I, I think this is a good analogy. They're like concussions. You okay, you're now the fumble field. theorist too. Well, I just think they go together. You know, it's like if you, especially if you get, you might get off the hook if you get concussed and that's the reason you fumbled because you're already concussed if they cut you slack for that. But, you know, one concussion, no big deal. You're back the next week. You're like, yeah, he had a concussion. He's fine. You get a second concussion two weeks later and it's like, ooh, he's got a concussion problem. You know, he's one hit away from complete brain damage for the rest of his life. We got to hold him out. Same thing. You know, you fumble once. It's unfortunate, especially if you have a history of fumbling. You fumble twice, and now you're just you cannot be trusted anymore. Yeah, maybe you're right. I hope you're right because that means at least I'll get another chance. Um, but yeah, I, w- I don't. I wouldn't panic on on one fumble. Yeah, not going to panic, but yeah, I'm not thrilled with it. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. But and Royce Freeman, I mean. He's getting the goal line carries at least. You know that with the Broncos. Then uh, in some, you know, obviously some uh, other like r- obvious, you know, run situations. But the problem is he's really not getting into the passing game at all. Uh, and it's not even just Lindsey. It's also Booker too. It's part of it. So it's almost Browns like in terms of their usage patterns, or Lions like yeah. if you want to be worse. Yeah, the Lions. I mean, they they just asked Patricia. I saw this on Twitter too. Whether Carrion Johnson should get more carries, and he said no. Oh god! Now, again, it could just be a McCarthy, where he says whatever he wants just to justify his own past actions, and then does something different, and then acts like that was the plan all along. But you know, Patricia knows Legarrette Blunt and what he's been able to do from the New England days. Legarrette Blunt's a veteran; he's respected. He can punch a dude in the face if necessary. He's got it all going on. And then Theoretic is a you know, top third down back. So there's just no real room for Karrion Johnson to, to play. Now, sometimes it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, Mike Trout comes up, there's no outfield right. spots for him in Anaheim that year, and then he just obviously is one of the greatest players of all time, and they can't stop him. So maybe if Karrion Johnson is just so good, or Aaron Jones is just so good, they just, the coaches just end up 
having to suck it up and just, you know, play him anyway, even though they don't want to. There's no room so that, for that, Walker Buehler in the rotation. I mean, they've got the Dodgers just chock full of veteran starting pitchers. Yeah, talent wills out sometimes. I'm hoping that's the case because I think it should be the case with Detroit. Uh, not that it really affects me. I think I only have like one share of carry on Johnson, but I just get annoyed when though. I see you good talent play. getting buried. Yeah, he looks great. Like he, yeah. like I watched Michelle play and he had a big game, but he didn't look that great to me. He looked a little bit like he was picking his spots. He yeah. just didn't look like so explosive, but. Carrion Johnson looks incredibly explosive, and so did Nick Chubb. Those are the two guys I was watching run. I was like, wow. How is it that, I don't know, it's just one game, one sample, but it always seems to me like all these guys are drafting. Rashad Penny's a first-rounder. Ronald Jones a second-rounder. And, and you have all these guys, Chubb and, and Carrion Johnson, I think was a second-rounder. And you're always like, you know, Sony Michelle's the end of the first round. And you're like, how is it not obvious which of these guys was better? You know, because, like, but it, I, I guess it isn't. Right, right. And I, I think it, one of the things, though, too, is like they're all rookies and the rookies have more jump, too. And, you know, where they, they haven't had that like toll and their physical toll. So they had like their first, you know, Nick Chubb, he's barely been used this year. He's fresh. He's got fresh legs. He jumps in when the Raiders are tired and they're a bad defense, anyhow. He just jumps in and tears apart that second touchdown run. He just, it looked like he was the, the one token fresh guy in the in uh, in, in the whole uh, on the whole field at that time. All the Raiders guys were kind of gassed, and he was just this like, okay, I'm going to run over you, and then I'm going to run past this other guy. I'm going to do what I want here. Yeah, but I, yeah, I get it. I mean, they're a little fresher, but it's like you look at Kerry and Johnson play, and you're like, how is it that somebody took these other guys ahead of him? Like this guy's clearly after Barkley, like the best guy in the class. Uh, yeah, but then you see Chubb, and you maybe realize that they're about maybe the same. Maybe, and, you what's know, that? and maybe Michelle, you know, he, he maybe he's not. And maybe, maybe, remember, Michelle hurt his knee in training camp. It's right. de- a different version of this guy now. Rashad Penny gained twenty five pounds. He's a different version. I, you know, that's the one that's really crazy. Mario Puig Fat is version. Been, Do we but, know that for a fact that he's gained all this weight? Is that like yeah, a documented fact? It, it, in fact, it's even been acknowledged that he's gained a lot of this weight. It might not be twenty five. But he's gained a lot of weight. Mario's been hammering this point on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, it's just, he, he, as soon as he saw that, he was like, oh, God, stay away, you know, for now. now. Penny, if he gets into shape, he'll be the guy. And I think he's even saying now that, you know, don't go out and get Mike Davis, that Penny's the guy you want to get, even though if he's buried now. But it's kind of, uh, kind of funny that, uh, you know, it, the way that's worked out. By the way, that was a big screw job. You know, you're thinking, okay, well, I'm fine. And I have Carson, but I also have Penny to back him up. No problem. Carson gets, you know, scratched. He's inactivated, deactivated for the afternoon. I'll just slot slot in Penny. No, it's Mike Davis. Mike Davis is the guy. He gets two touchdowns. That's. Yeah. uh, I mean, was he not fat when they drafted him? Did they they pick him and he was in good shape? Right. He showed up. He gained a lot of weight from the combine to training camp. It was the weirdest thing. How do you do that? How do you do that? I. A lot of a lot of partying, I guess. I don't know. But in three months, how do you gain twenty five pounds? I, I don't understand that. It's not like he wasn't doing any work. I guess maybe he wasn't. I, I it's just I'm baffled too. I have no idea. Hit a late growth spurt. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, it is and maybe he lost a lot of weight prior to combine just to try to impress people, and that might be part of it. And then he put it right back on. You know how those you know binge diets work? Yeah, I guess you know it's funny that. Um, you know, someone wrote, I can't remember who wrote this about Sean Kemp when he ballooned up in his like later years of playing basketball. And they were like, yeah. how do you 
when you're playing professional basketball for your job, you're, you're addicted to cocaine, you're having sex every single night, and you gain 45 pounds. Like, how is that even possible? I bet <laughs> she's drinking those. a lot, too, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But under those conditions, you know, you're like doing everything that would like make you lose as much weight as possible, and yet you gain all this weight. Like, yeah, probably boozing hard and eating just total garbage. Yeah. I would think it has to be both of those, uh, too. And now, you know, teams put a lot more em- emphasis on your inputs and not just like, hey, you got to exercise and all that. You know, they're like on you about whatever, everything that you do. So, you know, it's, it's even more difficult. But then again, I guess Penny wasn't officially like signed or whatever before. I, I don't know what exactly happened, but wow, just, yeah, just it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah, I will see. I, again, I, I think he might have gained like nine pounds for all we know. And it's just like, you know, he lifts some weights and stuff. I'm, I'm not sure about all this, but anyway. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. All right. Let's go with that. And on that note, I think we're going to go. You got any other thoughts? Anything you else want to talk about from week four or uh, the upcoming week five? No. Um, what are you working just, on in you know, East Coast offense? I, I'm working on, I think I'm going to write, I've done this before in past years, but I recycle all my ideas. Um, on equanimity because I was just so pissed on that Browns game. And I I always feel there's this delicate balance between being really pissed on a Sunday and just being miserable and just having it ruin your whole day. And you're like, Oh, well I'm looking forward to football season. I I hope my picks do well. And I'm excited. I got all these great fantasy teams and you have Fournette and bell and some other stuff. And you start getting so miserable and wretched while watching the games. And you want to, you know, not be like that and have some equanimity and be like, you know, I don't control what's on the screen. It's cool. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to do my best and next week I'll do my best again, but it's not going to affect my mood, but you don't want to get too much like that either because then you're like, well, maybe this is just a fool's errand. You know, maybe there's not enough edge. Why am I doing this? You know, you, yeah. you may end up walking the earth if you get too much like that. So I want to write about equanimity and the proper balance between, being totally irrationally enraged by things you can't control and then just being too chill and, uh, you know, perhaps losing interest. So that's going to be the topic, I think. Okay, very good. Looking forward to that. I, I experienced a, I had a Saturday like that uh, about three weeks ago. Played horrible tennis in the morning, just horrible. It was my worst session in a long time. Coach Darren's soccer team, they lost. I felt like, oh, what could I have done differently? Northwestern lost to a terrible team. It's just like, I was just in this, and I was like in this grouchy funk for like a good part of the day. So it's like, you just have to find a way to power past that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, do you power past it? Do you ignore? I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a thing. And, you know, what we do, I mean, obviously it's not life and death. We're not, you know, we're not generals of some army on a battlefield. We're not, you know, doing neurosurgery and patient dies or something. I mean, we're not doing any of that stuff, but you're constantly making predictions publicly and you're getting some wrong and you also have your own interests and your own leagues and everything. And you're constantly just losing, you know, you're like, I lost, I didn't get this and this didn't go my way. And it's just a constant thing that you're like, you have to just, you have to deal with it somehow. I get, I, I think some people just think it's funny or it's a big game. I'm competitive. Like I don't like losing. If I lose at something, I'm pissed, you know, but you can't, you know, I mean, you're in so many contests, you're going to lose a lot of them. You know, you're in so many, you're not yeah. just going to be winning every single one. So you, you gotta, you gotta navigate it somehow. It probably has a larger application in life too, but I just think specifically what we do, there's so much like keeping score all the time mm-hmm. that you're just exposed to that emotion so much. And it's, it's a thing. It's and just a thing. Just think about if you were like a DFS pro and just how that could get magnified because well, you know, swings happen. Same with poker, you know? You're going to run into bad swings at times. 
How do you well, that's deal necessary with it? for their survival to deal with it? Because, yeah. you know, I could lose all my fantasy leagues and lose uh, well, how much money am I really going to leave on the table or lose? Not much. You know, I, I still have a paycheck that's not dependent on my, you know, fantasy performance. I'm not, you know, it may, may be a few grand here or there every year, one way or the other, if I do well or badly. I don't know if I could deal with that. I mean, I honestly like to gamble for a living. I, I certainly would be um, just so much more rigorous. And I understand why all these guys who do it, you know, with real skin in the game, not, hey, I'll bet you 50 bucks my guy's better than yours. But I mean, like, you know, in terms of like your livelihood skin in the game, um, your, your rent is at stake, your family's, you know, your kid's college fund, that stuff is at stake. Why they become kind of rigid in their systems sometimes because they, you have to just know for sure that you have whatever edge you have and just don't know for sure, but, and just play that and don't screw around because you just can't afford to screw around. Right. At least I, I would be a lot more, you know, less, less sort of loosey goosey and hunch based if it were really, if, if the stakes were that high. And I don't know if I could actually do it. I don't know if I could really, uh, you know, deal with it. So it's just, it is, you'd have to, interview one of them but I, I i do think it'd be quite a bit different yeah and i think it is a very important survivor skill um i think uh just you, i think that probably you know helps define those who can make a living doing that you know and because that, that that's it's a very real aspect and having that ability is probably not easy to, to acquire it, it's you know it's something where you either have it or you don't i would guess right but it also might be that for the vast majority of the human race and even some of them who get burnt out and do something else later, that that is not a, uh, a good living to try to make, even right. if you could do it, even if you, you had the, the gene or whatever to succeed at it, you might find out like, this is not a, this is, this is hell, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess some of them probably thrive on it. And if you're like the best in the world and you're making tons of money, it's probably very thrilling. And I, I could, I would want to do it. If I were in college, I guarantee I'd be trying to do that right now. If DFS existed when I was in college, I would have definitely, I don't know, I might have been too lazy. But I, I, I might not have been properly bankrolled if, in college. Yeah. That would have been well, my no, bigger I mean, constraint. If you're good, you start out with 100 bucks, you know, and just yeah. play small stakes, start Online winning. Online poker or DFS, one, you know, either, either or, or both. You know, the problem is picking between either. I mean, because both, you know, the wild, wild west of the early poker days were amazing, too. All right, let's let's. Yeah, that's another whole another. Uh, we're, we're going to a different. Yeah, we're going far afield, but that's fine. It's right. we're talking Yank, Joe. Exactly, we are talking Yank. So hey, thank you for listening to Talking Yank. Thank you to Fancy Draft again for sponsoring this podcast, this edition of Talking Yank. Go play their head to heads. It's a really good setup there. Uh, we'll be back at you next Monday. Thanks again for listening.